Welcome, listeners, to the Dice Made Me Do It, an actual play podcast using the Worlds Without Number role-playing game. Worlds Without Number is the latest tabletop RPG from the veteran designer Kevin Crawford. The name sounds familiar. He's also made games such as Stars Without Number, Spears of the Dawn, and Wolves of God, just to name a few. Worlds Without Number is an old-school Renaissance-style game designed around the principles which guided Dungeons and Dragons when the basic and expert editions first came out in the 70s and 80s. This means player-driven gameplay with tons of room for the Dungeon Master to adapt, expand, and respond to what's going on in the world. In this game, combat is resolved with a 20-sided die, as you might expect in D&D, but skill checks are resolved by rolling 2d6. This makes combat feel more swingy and unpredictable than using skills while skill checks have a bell curve probability and are more stable. If we roll a skill check and get all excited about getting a 10, this is why. Getting into fights is dangerous in Worlds Without Number, and our heroes have to approach different situations tactically as a result. Gunpowder weaponry and deadlier have proliferated across the world of Arldian, and in the throng of melee combat, shock damage may be dealt to combatants even if an attack itself misses. This represents the shock and fatigue fighting for one's life in close quarters entails and makes melee combat quick and deadly. In combat, we've made a few adjustments for ourselves. Our group enjoyed some of Shadowrun 5E's mechanics when we last played it, and initiative resolves similarly to that decreasing with each combatant taking a full or partial action. In addition, shock damage isn't capable of killing more formidable foes outright, as it typically would be in the base game. Spells in Worlds Without Number are more potent than spells found in some other systems. And while a caster can't sling as many per day, each one scales with the caster's level and can change the shape of the world they're casting. Use them strategically. Outside spells, mages have a resource called effort they can use to fuel arts for a variety of more minor effects. We've homebrewed the specifics of our characters' ancestries, where our vision for them deviates from the base rules presented in the book, and Worlds Without Number can accommodate our homebrew easily. We're excited to make shifts and tweaks depending on what feels good and what's working as we go along. You can find our homebrew document on our Discord server. Lastly, we've been using some of the heroic options present in the core rulebook to beef up our characters a bit for the more narrative style of play, as well as some classes adapted from Mr. Crawford's plethora of other compatible books. We're looking forward to sharing their stories with you. We'll see you in Arldian. Is this thing on yet? Orlando, they're listening huh? all right. Well, why didn't anybody tell me? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, step right up to hear the tragic yet beautiful, the painful yet inspiring, the incredibly true story of the one, the only, Orlando the Magnificent. Abandoned as a child, I was forced to live my life in the cruel streets of Doylen. There was no food, no shelter, and worst of all, no atmosphere. <laughs> really? That was the worst part? Knock it off, you. I'm telling a story here. I was quickly saved by the Deltane College of the Arts, where I learned all my quips and tricks. And upon leaving, I quickly rose to the top of the world and became the greatest magician of all time. <laughs> A bit of a stretch for someone who gets captured about once a week. Can you just let me have this? Fine, fine, so I'm still working on being world-renowned. Give me a break, you can't just become an overnight sensation overnight. 
aren't you going to introduce them to me? You're not even supposed to be here. This is my intro. Uh, but the people want me. Uh, don't you tell me what the people want. The people don't know what they want. Just let them know who I am, will you? Okay, all right, fine. This is my best buddy, Baltos. You can't always see him or hear him, but you can't always smell him. Hey! And he's a floating little goat pig thing. And he's been following me on my journey to become the most famous magician in all the world. I'm hoping that what happened in Del Orta will help propel my popularity to proper places in the minds of the plebeians. But you can never be too sure with pirates. All right, enough out of you. Thank you for listening to the story of me. Hey, give that back. Bye-bye for now. See you soon. Easy there, stranger. Let's not do this. That's the best way for this to end, with your throat intact. Yes, you tracked me down. I am no Blishgar, main. Maybe you've done your research. If not, you should know you're not the first to try to hunt me down this week. And you're not the biggest. But you don't need to know me well to know this is a mistake. You don't need to know about the abuse I suffered at the hands of the church, or how they cursed me to the wretched life of a werewolf. I'd break your arm if you knew about my escape to Japan. Hell, I'd probably kill you if you knew how the miser's thugs killed my wife, kidnapped my daughter, and condemned me to be the slave of a traveling carnival. No, stranger. You don't need to know any of that to know where you stand. The only thing you really need to know is I've had my revolver trained on you from inside my jacket this entire time. I am Karazasura Senhotep, son of Araket and Morocco Senhotep, fifth blade of House Senhotep, servant to the Draconian Imperial Republic. But my friends call me Zashi. Being a blade of House Senhotep means many things to me, for we must be both couriers, leaders, and infiltrators for our country. It means growing up under the arches of my family's mountain monastery, studying the arts of sun and moon under the tutelage of my master, Izem. It means practicing the pilgrim's invested divinity, paying my respects to the great spirits which permeate our world. It means receiving my Keshtam and Rashtam in the ceremony of Twin Blades alongside my dearest friend in the world, Amiri. It means looking up to the example of my sister, Ikora, as she climbed the ranks to become the youngest ever First Blade. Yes, I have a proud lineage. I have ambitions to fulfill, and the scars I bear are proof that I am fulfilling them. One on my arm, a sword wound from a duel I fought in my father's name. A hasty challenge but a noble one. One on my aural fringe, more a pirate tried to take my life and did not live to regret his failure. And a handful, much fresher, all about my body from my latest triumph. Some of my hardest lessons, and some of my best ones. Indeed, 
My recent exploits in Delorta have only confirmed to me that my path is a righteous one. That whatever servants of a dark god stand in my way, I will be ready for them. May the great spirits watch me through the gleam of my sword, enlighten me in the hidden places of the world, guide me in the words of the strangers I've yet to make familiar, and bless me in the light of sun and moon. Hi there, Iago. Iago! I told you I'm not doing it. I found that garbage can just for you. Exactly. You made me eat garbage. Do you listen to yourself? Ravens eat garbage all the time. Not when they know people who can buy food. My name is Mercy. And... No. We'll work on it. My name is Atme, but you can call me Mercy. And this is Iago. My best friend. God, I hope not. My story in a few words? About a year ago, my village became ill with a mysterious sickness. Even though I've been a healer my entire life, I've never seen anything like it. My journey brought me to Zadia, where I became sucked into mad violence. But war isn't my style. That's why I study healing magic. I wouldn't want to hurt a fly. No. Not a fly. Not after the horse incident? Well, not everyone needs to know about that. If these people are going to be interacting with you, they should know about what you Bye, did. everyone! See you soon. Call me Caesar. I dream of the ocean, the feeling of the waves beneath my ship, the sun in my face, and the wind at my sails. I dream of what I cannot have. I dream of all I have lost. My body was taken from me, a curse for betraying my captain and turning on my crew. I'm now forced to walk the earth with a metal body, one that cannot feel anything. Water falls through my hands like air, the sun burns on and I feel no warmth. In my walks I came to Zadia, a broken place for a broken man. I came across a young woman named Sashi, who said she had jobs suited for a man like me. My work took me deep, deep into the desert, to the shifting sands, where a raid on an underground temple full of weapons sent me and a bounty hunter into another realm, the Shattered Realms to be specific, a broken place for a broken man. I long to return to the sea, to return to my body. I long to be whole again. Though I cannot feel, I do not remain heartless. Perhaps that is the most damning part of this whole curse. I exist as a metal monster, a beacon of terror to all those who would see me, but that's not me. All I know is this. I would do anything to get my body back. You may have heard of me before. After all, my reputation tends to precede me in one way or another. Whether you've heard the crack of one of my family's firearms, or whether you've had a bounty on your head. Orkaliel Devarn, Wolfram, the type wanted dead or alive. 
The first name my parents gave me, some of the most respected gunsmiths in Aldian. The moniker I get from this left arm of mine. It's all right. You can stare. I stopped caring centuries ago. It's not an illusion, if that's what you're wondering. Go ahead. Grimey. All you'll feel is cold metal and hydraulic oil. Same as it was from the first day the machine god gave it to me. Day has been burned into my skull. Seven days and seven nights in the Hadrian Desert. My heritage is typically extraordinary dark vision, burned away by the sun's glare. Left arm bound to my side, still mangled and useless from the burning of Kingsport. The feeling of that gaping hole in my chest from losing Asa. And then, over the crest of the dunes, a freaking titan. Clouds of rust and sparks and smoke hanging about it like a storm. And a promise of power. To take revenge on the mages who took my love from me. And my hope for a life that would be different from what was expected of me growing up in the Imperium. I've spent the years since as a bounty hunter, pursuing leads I hope will take me to the heart of the raising of Kingport. Recently, I received a prophecy from an old man in Zadia, a prophecy which went like this. You scion of metal and bone, you will never rest but walk this earth in a sleepless nightmare. Your goal lies in front of you in Leoborough, but should you seize it, it will as quickly slip through your fingers like water through a sieve. Look north, take your first step. You will find what you need in the carcass of the Titans. Promising omens. They've propelled me, though, to the center of the shifting sands, where a companion of a few days gave her life to save me from disaster. She asked only that I help see her cause through. Fair, I suppose. I have a few lifetimes to give. In the meanwhile, the ruins where she died were home to more than just the monsters which assailed us. I find myself now with a strange new ally in a realm which is entirely unfamiliar. <laughs>